it's I ain't a liar. It's my word against his, and we all know he's a liar. Yeah. <laughs> he Just tried to go Baylor. Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The salty fan fiction we could write for oh. no reason that would appeal to that would appeal to nobody. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Okay, welcome back to the Wheel Rod Podcast, everyone. This is Mildly Legitimate Conversation Amongst Friends. We talk about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet at www.thewheelroute.com. We are at The Wheel Route on Twitter, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. You can get us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, whatever, Play, I think still for a little bit, Stitcher, amongst others. And yeah, my name's Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Log on the Dawn. Coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida. Where um, it's been a lot. Well, it was a it was a nice day. It hasn't been hot recently. We've been getting a lot of rain here in the Treasure Coast, which is fine. It is late summer, uh, mostly here. A lot of a lot of rain in the forecast. Um, but uh, yeah, actually got out and about today. Enjoyed some sub uh, sub eighty degree temperatures for a bit. How are we doing, gents? I think we're fine. I I won't put words in my co-host's mouth, but I can't complain too much. Uh, my name is Jordan Shank. I'm in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Temps still lovely. Come, come enjoy them while you can. Wear a mask, of course. Um, <laughs> I'm on Twitter.com at Shank Jordan. Would like to congratulate friend of the program Sergio Garcia on winning the Sanderson Farms Open this weekend. Just wow! One of the one Sergio. of the real good guys of golf. You know, doesn't. <laughs> doesn't uh rub people the wrong way just goes out and plays plays the game with a lot of respect and integrity so shout out to sergio yeah yeah uh i don't really know how to follow my name is jason crack uh i tweet things at jason crack also coming to you from hberg virginia the friendly city um it was a it was a beautiful day today in harrisburg just gorgeous just we're, we're on a run here um, of days that make me like when I finally get outside in the late afternoon, they make me be like, oh, I should have gone outside way earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'll take that. I'll take that. Understood. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, what are you guys drinking this evening? Uh, I'm I'm sipping on sipping being the key word because this is a heavy boy. Uh, the Dewclaw Sweet Baby Jesus full of flavor oh, good beer not yeah it's very good it's just not one you're like you're hydrating with <laughs> it's sure it's a lot to take on but it's is good. It good with, is that the chocolate peanut butter one yeah okay nice little dessert beer for your boy you you, you having cookies you make up a batch of cookies having cookies in Duclaw? no I'll have, delicious. To, I'll have to ask the wife to get on that as okay as do cracky <laughs> <laughs> I just finished a Shinerbach. That a boy. Oh, yeah. I had a couple of those at dinner the other night. You'd be happy to know. Ah, very proud of you. It's uh, just a, just a, just a great beer. Just super solid. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go with great. Super solid is a good explanation, though. Listen, it's it's great at what it's intended to do. It's it not going to be situationally great. Yeah, it's not. It's I not like just to be like uh, 
120 so minute IPA mixed with it's just it's just a it's a shiner block, man. That's all I need. <laughs> that's right. That's the analysis we come here for. All right, well that's good. I actually am drinking water. Partook in a little bit of day drinking today on my uh, adventures around the Treasure Coast. So you know I have that. You know I'm 31 as <laughs> as we may have detailed on the podcast and. Uh, I, I've celebrated the 10th anniversary of my first drink, and now I celebrate it every time I have one during the day by having a headache afterwards. Yeah. So I have a, a, a slight headache that has actually gone away, which makes me think I could maybe go get a beer now. But um, we're uh, we're drinking a little water, probably for the best. Uh, but rest assured, boys, got a got a couple brewskis in for for the for the culture, as they say. So yeah. uh, here here we are. Um, I went to Sailfish Brewery up in Fort Pierce this afternoon. Lovely spot. They really done well with the location there. A little live music. There was a gentleman playing darts by himself for like two straight hours. That was wild to see. Hmm. My, my man was locked in. Uh, didn't appear to be drinking beers either. Um, That's why so he was good for him. In. Yeah, right. That's true. Uh, but uh, they have a really they get their like Oktoberfest stuff going right now. Obviously, which is nice to see. Uh, we had a large pretzel. And uh, they actually have like a hazy New England IPA going right now called like the Chowda, the Chowda <laughs> something, um, which was really good. So I got a uh, some cans of that. So maybe I'll debut that on Wednesday for the preview episode. But uh, they uh, anyhow, the big cans day. or do they sell the 12 ounces at the brewery? They do sell 12 ounces, but this particular the Chowdas I got were was a four six sixteeners. Gotcha. So, um, Not to but brag. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. Not to brag. But anyhow, a good weekend here in, uh, in, in South Florida. Not, uh, not a whole lot going on yesterday. It did rain, as I mentioned a lot yesterday. So I, I sat my happy butt on the couch and just took in some, I don't know, I guess, what, what do we talk about? The noon, the noon slate of games was actually pretty fun yesterday. Um, it was things just kind it was of chaos and hilarity. Yeah. In things kind of, yeah. Things kind of tapered throughout the good. day. Good college football games, but okay. Well, but yeah, but usually by most measures, a good college football Saturday is a chaotic college football Saturday. Yes, correct. It was good on the of good, which is not necessarily the same. Yeah, we had a good dose of that. We had some surprises and then we had some snoozers. Um, before we get into that, can we can we start a a bi weekly segment updating Logan's golf progress? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we can. I uh, I I unboxed I unboxed the gear this week. And got my bag in, got everything set up, ready to roll, and it proceeded to just piss rain for three straight days. <laughs> so I have not been to the range yet, so I have made no progress. But believe me, I have been mentally – I've been envisioning success, all right? And that most people will tell you the mental game is 60% of it in golf. Absolutely. So I, uh, I've been the, envisioning – what was, what was your decided upon uh, club organ- or bag organization strategy? We, t- we um, talked about this earlier this week. Well, I mean, I, I, I go, you know, I got the big, I got the big dog riding up top, uh, as one does. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I think I got the three wood and the big dog riding together, top, top shelf. I don't have, I'm trying to think, I think I have seven, seven compartments in okay. the bag. I think that's a, might be a sort of standard number, uh, for a, a, a reasonable golf bag. Um, and, so that threw me off a little bit because I have a I have a hybrid and then I have a four through pitching wedge and a sand wedge and a putter. So I kind of then started working left to right, repeated two lines going down, going down in numbers. 
And then I believe I've got the sand wedge and the putter and the pitching wedge together uh, in the in the bottom. So uh, we'll see. Well, well, you know, TBD. We're gonna see how things go. The yeah. chrome, Jordan, as you pointed out, the chrome is is chromey, which is good to see. <laughs> I did not call ahead and tell them to uh, put on their SPF because I'm showing up shining brightly. But I'll I'll get there. I'm sure. Shining on you haters at the range. <laughs> right no no exciting times are afoot can't wait i told jason i'm sure i've you know told everyone but you know uh, excited to just really just pipe that first drive just shank it way right just to really feel good about the purchase you know that's what it really catch, catch it on the hosel right off the bat yeah. it's gonna be great we're back we're back for uh we're, we're back putting in work you know we're not exactly things are gonna probably get better they'll probably get worse before they they get better so uh we'll get there but uh You'll be happy to know I got a quarter inch shaved off my shaft too. Uh, all my shafts, you know, because I got, I got, I got, I got, <laughs> I got, I got short femurs, you know, a lot of <laughs> torque, but short femurs. So, uh, you know, we're going, we're rocking custom clubs here, boys. <laughs> That's my Anyhow. guy. Yeah. All is well. I will, uh, <laughs> maybe I'll send you guys some, some silly videos. You can, you can marvel at how fat I look when I hit a golf ball too, which is always fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like it's iron, like a trunk rotation. Iron that is not. That is, is so weird because I'm. I was like, while we're talking iron length, the clubs I have are hand-me-downs from Matt Landis. So they, oh, he's like, a big boy. He yeah, Matt Landis is, is a big fella, RCBL legend, hit dingers <laughs> back back yeah. in the early aughts. He is country strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> EMU's finest. In the early yeah. aughts. Well, maybe second finest behind Eric Kratz. But uh, Legend. yeah, so I just grip grip solidly down on my irons. Oh, okay, and, yeah, and it's it's yeah. turned out fine, I think. But uh, custom clubs would be the like just the mental aspect, be like rolling up to the to the course, knowing <laughs> these bad boys are tailored. Oh, yeah, got to feel really swaggy, but also a lot of extra pressure, like. <laughs> Oh, I have, oh, no, no. Like wearing, I have uh, no more excuses. I yeah, can't blame it on my long clubs. Well, and it's like right. the old uh, the old white cleats rule. It's like you only get to yes. wear right cleats if you're legit, and so and they're clean. Like they have to be clean, oh, yeah. and yeah. you have to be good. There is yeah. no you can't be dirty, and they cannot be dirty and bad. You know, there's no other option. You got to be a player. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. No, I I'm, I'm with you, Jordan. I, I am feeling a little bit of the pressure, um, but you know. As soon as I hit that perfect, you know, 110 yard eight iron and follow it up with 110 yard seven iron and then 110 <laughs> yard six iron, uh, all which is varying trajectories, I'll know that I've got it. I've got it back. I'm ready, ready to play some, some golf. Actually, no, I was hitting the ball farther than I remember hitting it recently. That's what sort of triggered some of this. So I think, looking forward to going to the range. Yeah, <clears throat> looking forward to going to the range, and uh, <laughs> and hitting, um, you know, the the worn out golf balls that they have there. So yes. I can figure out how hard, how uh, far I hit, you know, the worst possible cut up sliced up golf balls, but it'll be fun. Good times. All right. What do you guys been up to this weekend? How's, how's it hanging? Uh, for me, it was pretty chill laid back weekend at, at home did some like really, really made advances on the laundry front. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm great at like, I'm great at doing loads, right? And always having clean clothes. 
but it's the it's the folding and putting away of, of someone cut that can someone can we grab that that's just that's all that the cold open has is just i am great Dude. all right go ahead but yeah so where i struggle sometimes is the actually like folding putting away distributing oh yeah in the various sure. holsters uh the clean clothes so got that all wiped out uh a lot of just like so football in the background today while i was i was doing a lot of around the apartment cleaning and laundry saturday was just kind of chill watch college football do some do some other projects but friday after work i drove round trip back and forth from culpepper to to acquire a a all hard-bodied golf travel case shoot i gotta from uh from some guy on Facebook Marketplace. Shout out to some guy. Yeah, I won't. I won't reveal his name, but it went down about as as sketchily as you would imagine. Um, I <laughs> a ten dollar transaction on. <laughs> I, so I had found I'd found the listing on the marketplace. He was wanting twenty bucks for it. I sent him a message, like you know, just a feeler. Hey, is this still available? Didn't hear back for a week and a half. So I followed up like, hey, man, just wanted to see, like, is this still for sale or should I start looking elsewhere? He's like, no, and you can actually have it for 15 because one of the latches is broken off. And nice. so so we got to talking and I figured out what the model was. And I did some digging to see, you know, would this be an easy repair? Could I, you know, similar to my car adventures, I, I got excited at the prospect of like, Oh, I could buy replacement latches and like bang this thing out and get a real steal out of it. Uh, so come to find out this model, it's a well-known issue that the latches suck and they will break on you. And people are very upset online because you can't get replacement latches. I can't imagine people being mad online about anything. Yeah. So I, I messaged him back and was like, Hey, like if it's still available, I'll give you 10 bucks for it. Cause it's a known issue. I would have to do, some real MacGyvering or get some TSA straps for this bad boy. He's like, yeah, sure. That's fine. So he tells me where to meet him and it's at this church where he works. So I, evidently he's a pastor. Um, so I was like, okay, like should be a solid, you know, up, upfront guy. <laughs> like he's, he's told me what's wrong with this thing without being asked. That's, that's a good sign. So I, we work out, a time on Friday, I say, I'll be there around four 30. He's like, great. You know, show up at this address at the church, plug it in the GPS, drive the hour and a half to Culpepper, show up to the church and there's no cars there. And oh, no. I was just like, oh, no. oh dude. Like, so I messaged <laughs> it him. Ain't slow. Yeah. So I message him. And of course my luck, out out here where this church is located like i'm wobbling on 3g two bars like no service (laughs) so i gotta walk around the parking lot for the message to send he gets it and he's like oh yeah sorry i'm not there but if you just like if you go open this door and through the office and there's two more doors then you'll find it so this guy just like (laughs) left his church building unlocked friday afternoon Walked in there, found the case, found all these other like golf bags and treasures that if if I were this type of ilk, I could have just an, swiped. An but, unscrupulous person. Yeah, but, <laughs> right, right. but Jesus would have known. So I, I only took the case. Right. I put put the 10 bucks on the desk, got out of there. 
and drove home. So now I'm ready to, you know, try and potential latch replacement, see how that goes. And uh, the real payoff is just going to be walking through the airport with a fully hard-bodied golf case when I travel now to let all let all the haters know what's up <laughs> i do love the repeated use of the term hard-bodied yeah uh, <laughs> which is a great because well, like if if you're shopping for travel golf cases there are a lot of yeah. soft-sided which is kind of uh-huh. like a, a padded duffel bag or you can get a hard yeah. top which is right. just like a firm plastic <laughs> mold where your club heads are going to be but this one is right. fully plastic molded so I prefer hard-bodied because that's the type of golf I like to play. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. That was a long way of getting to the joke, but shout out. I, I appreciate no, you. Just context. Wait, you were the groundwork. That's what, yeah. just context. Well, Jason, 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 you're going to be bringing your, your soft-bodied your soft <laughs> guy. I don't know if I'm going to. That's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, geez, I, uh... I, don't have, I don't have a bag yet, so I need to. I'm gonna do that. You can just start maybe sending one club at a time via UPS. It'll <laughs> just get here. Just bubble wrap the <laughs> What have you been doing this weekend, Jason? Anything fun? You watch football? Did you smoke some meat? Oh god, no! I just watched so much football. Um, Good. In I'm hindsight, back. I should have followed some stuff out and and smoked. Some right. Stuff. I just just absolutely dented my lazy <laughs> all weekend. Love it. Love it. I was at the lake last weekend, so I didn't get to watch much football uh, at all. The only thing I got was, like, the late NFL games on Sunday. Um, not that I regret that, but uh, I, had, I had to make it up for lost time, and, and I, had to get, I had to get these jokes off, you know? Sure. Hey, yeah, Texas was playing. It was, it was high time for some, correct for some jokes. Texas yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. my, my diligence in the correct bowl, and then, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, you, you guys want to get into it? Sure. I don't see why not. All right. We will get into it here. Um, it looks like, well, I was watching a little game day beforehand, and I, I guess it looks like the the Pac-12 is going to start their season like November 7th, I think. Um, that seems to be the, the start date. They're going to do like six games plus one and a championship game or something like that. So we'll see how that goes for them. Um, <clears throat> T's and P's all around. Hope everyone stays safe. And then I think the Big Ten, the B1G, is going to start at the end of October, a couple, or I guess October probably in a couple 24th, weeks. Fourth, I think. Okay, yeah. So that's in that's three game weeks from now. So, um, yeah. So let's get it rolling. See who's playing football. But uh, otherwise, we can get in uh, to some games here. We mentioned it was a, a fairly busy noon o'clock uh, stretch of games. Um, I guess we could we could start with uh, with some non-pickers here, but we, let's just start with South Carolina, Florida. So South Carolina played Florida. Hold uh, on, before we get to that one, because that that was a Saturday yeah. game. There's a non-Saturday game. Is how oh. how good is BYU? Oh, supposedly they're really good, according to the internet. I have not seen a single play of BYU football this year. Yeah, I. Uh... I, Might I'll, need to go. I'll keep an eye on BYU because they were struggling there for like felt like a couple years after Mendenhall left. Yes, uh, Coach Sataki, I believe it is, was yes. maybe struggling to find his feet a bit. Uh, but it sounds like the offense, especially this year, is really popping off. So good for the Cougs. We will. Yeah, I think they made of the situation. 
did they are they on their second coach since Mendenhall? I think they might have made a ill-informed hire, or they had a like a McMahon uh, like uh, calling plays for them or something that like it didn't work. Uh, it just didn't work out. Or no, was it was it Ty Detmer? Was Ty Detmer calling plays for them? And it was just like it didn't go well. Well, I think so, he's, isn't he's so a legendary? He's been at BYU since sixteen, wasn't that when? Mendenhall? Okay, so then yeah, yeah I guess yeah. so. So yeah, I think their offensive coordinator situation got like really weird, and. They just uh, they were really they just weren't very good for a couple of years. But yeah. shouts to them for sticking with the coach and not just panicking and pulling the plug. I mean, yeah. they're uh, they're running up points uh, like crazy. They've scored 55, 48, and forty five. They've also played Navy, Troy, and Louisiana Tech. So, dude, Navy, what's up with Navy? I mean, yeah. we'll, we can talk about them, but they're a schizo team if there's ever been one. Um, well, okay. Louisiana Tech is pretty that good. Might fit this bill. Uh, well, this shout is out true. Mississippi State. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, that took that took a while. Figure out that. Yeah, anyhow, I'll get I'll get that Mississippi State takeoff soon enough. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, all right. So BYU might be good. I think we all need we have some homework. Let's find the compressed game and uh, maybe maybe check out if BYU is good or if Louisiana Tech is just really bad. But Louisiana Tech's usually pretty decent as far as those schools go. Yeah, sure. maybe it's the elevation. Was that a home game for BYU? Huh, you know I love betting elevation teams to come. You don't come into Provo when you live below sea level. They played Troy and Tech in Utah. Okay. Okay. I, I went on a wow. little bit of a Utah run a couple years ago, getting <laughs> them to cover at home because of the thin air. That was the most I'm sure that's what it was. Yeah. I'm sure it was the thin air, not the fact that they were they were pretty good. Well little you know, six of one, half a dozen of another. You know, I went on a Utah run in which they would talk me into them being like a good tough team and then I would bet them to cover against like a good team and they would just get absolutely mauled by any team that was like <laughs> more talented than them. But uh Yeah, so excited to uh, take the bait again as uh as that goes, but uh, all right, South Carolina was at Florida. This is the home and op- home opener in Ben Hill Griffith Stadium. Um, yeah, I mean, Flo- I, I, this is very similar to the last game Florida played, in which I think the uh, the final score and what could have been the final score indicate you know a pretty a closer game score wise. I think Florida had it pretty much in hand uh, at like the start of the fourth, and South Carolina scored a couple times. To get it to 14, and then went on one of the most curious, like 12 play drives I've ever seen with like eight minutes to go in the game. It basically burned all of their time when they had to score twice, which was weird. We all experienced the full Will Muschamp experience together. Uh, I think on, it was, it was a Saturday. prominent college football <clears throat> Twitter follow. It may have been Bill yeah. Connolly or Chris B. Brown, but they said, at this point, I'm just convinced that Muschamp is solely trying to cover. <laughs> that's else. what i was like yeah I, I we i think we all made the same joke just like oh yeah you know he's got he's got the cover in the bag but yeah um florida jumped out to well they, they scored pretty much what seemed to be at will in the first half um they scored another couple times in the second half florida's offense personally based on i i've watched a considerable amount of football this year their offense is super scary right now they mm-hmm. yep are they look like they can get whatever they want um and they look like they don't bog down in the red zone either. They got red zone plays to run. Um, and also their kicker. Better. 
they're running the ball better. Damian Pierce looks, he's a strong runner. Um, they're, yeah, they spread the ball around really well. They got, you know, they lost two or three receivers to the NFL last year. And um, they look like they have not even taken even a step back at that position, which is pretty impressive. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, they look good. Trask looks good moving around. He did fumble once in this game on a what appeared to be because he fumbled an ill-advised run by him. But, you know, the next drive, he also had like a 19-yard run on a speed option that he like played the the pitchman perfectly on. So it was kind of it was like it was kind of weird to see people try to reckon with uh, with that when they're like, God damn, that's such a bad play call. Why'd you call that? Like, I mean, he just he got popped. The guy put his helmet right on the ball. He lost the ball. I mean, he shouldn't have. But, um, but yeah, Florida's defense I think is sort of the story of the game. They just statistically their yards per play allowed was indicative of a good defensive performance, but they just cannot get off the field on third downs and they give up a lot of third downs and short and fourth and shorts and it extends drives. And South Carolina had, I think all of South Carolina scoring drive, except for the last drive of the game um, in which they turn over on downs on a drop pass in the end zone. Uh, <laughs> the, um, you know, we're, we're just like long methodical marching drives with a lot of run plays and play action passes. And, you know, it was just, they, uh, it was interesting. So here's because that that's one of my two stories of the game is, yeah. Um, so here's South Carolina scoring drives: twelve plays for a touchdown, nine yeah. plays for a touchdown, eleven plays for a field goal, eleven yes. plays, forty-seven yards. That's incredible. Um, and then eleven yard, eleven plays for a touchdown, and then their final one, which was like sixteen plays or something like that. Um, yeah. And so yeah, I, th- I think Florida is is a really, really good team. Um, I I worry about third downs with Florida and just how many, like, third and threes they were facing. Yes. Um, I think if they get to the point that they can have, like, one out of every four drives starts with, like, either a one-yard gain or a negative gain, like, then they're going to be in business. If they get people behind the sticks and out of tempo, I think that's when they take the leap to, like, a top top five, ten, top ten defense. Um, yeah. And the other thing I worried about was I, yeah, for probably 40 minutes of that game, their offense just did whatever they wanted to. And then it kind of seemed like they got a little, like they just kind of spaced out a little bit. Like mm-hmm. um, there were like some weird, I remember there was like just some like off routes and some like lazy penalties and stuff like that. Um, and so I wonder what that'll look like when they're not facing South Carolina, basically. Um, but I think those yeah. are two. Those are two very correctable things, and that's where you want to be. Two and a half weeks. Yeah, out. yeah. Real quick, you know, I don't, Jordan, I can let you go here in a sec. But Jason, about the defense. What I just think is interesting. Florida's defense the past couple of years has feasted on like we talk about havoc rate. They yeah. get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They get passes. They they defend passes. That's like because I think the quarterback gets has to throw in pressure because they haven't been super disciplined in like the secondary and stuff like that. They just get yeah. To- and so right yeah. so yeah they, they it's interesting to see a florida defense that just hasn't really been generating negative plays they've been close but hasn't been generating negative plays to the degree they normally do so you're never fully behind the sticks right. you know forcing a third and 18 and you know and, and you kind of get that like momentum they just they seems like they struggle to build that defensive momentum i think i read that they're playing like kind of a different front i don't know if they're thin at defensive tackle i know they're working in some young guys at defensive tackle but they're playing like a weird front that has 
like two defensive tackles and they actually play two really wide like bucks. And I think that they're just getting gashed increased in the run game because they play basically two uh, free rush end outside linebacker hybrid type guys at all times that just don't have any responsibilities other than just to kind of like be wide and rush. And um, I don't know. It's been, it's just been curious. The linebacker play hasn't been terrible. Uh, The secondary play I don't think has been exemplary, but I don't necessarily think it's been bad either. It just seems like they've been, they've been outmatched uh, in a weird way so far. Um, And that's, uh, I don't know. That's interesting against South Carolina. There's room for improvement. They did improve, but they didn't improve as much as it would have been nice to see as a fan. Jordan, did you, did you watch? Did you catch any of this? Did you have yeah, any takes? I caught some of the first half. Um, was again very impressed by Kyle Pitts and what he does. Great hands. Like feel <laughs> feels like his catch radius is huge. Yeah, um, yes. Tony, that's part of the drinking game. If you if they say catch radius with Kyle Pitts, you have to you have to drink too. Yep. Well, matchup nightmare catch radius. Yeah. Um, the uh, some of the Kadarius Stony stuff was was exciting to watch as well. Um, mm-hmm. I guess Logan, you touched on this, but uh, I guess my question for the defensive maybe concerns would be: Does it <clears> feel <throat> like they're calling stuff different? Which it sounds like maybe they're just using different personnel um because grantham's still grantham and i would assume like yeah. when you're when your offense seems to have taken it to the next level that should free him up even more to like really exactly pin his ears yeah. back and do some light my well, hair on fire stuff i do think he was still doing that See, I don't think they've brought as much pressure, especially from the second level this year, as I recall in years past. And and maybe that's just if they have well, so that, I mean, that, they, they had some studs. They had some studs at defensive end the past couple of years, and they still do. I mean, they do have really talented outside yeah. rushers. So I mean, those guys are will get better. But I also um, think it's it's tougher to bring, uh, like you can, you can blitz a linebacker or two on third and four, but it's mm-hmm. tougher to bring the nickelback or free safety or something like that on third and four rather than third and nine third and 13 that's a good point yeah that's and that's so, a, that's a that's well taken yeah. yeah so yeah i mean but it, it all kind of compounds because then they yeah. just they tend to play soft zone coverage on third and four and they give up six yards and then right. then you just got to reset and you do it again you give up six yards on a six yard run and then you stop a run and then here we are at third and four and you give up five yards again and it's just like death by a thousand paper cuts which is the will Muschamp. like if he could do anything he would do <laughs> he would do just that and that's why they lost the game is because they, the way that they had to be successful was they had to go on long methodical drives. If, if, um, you know, Florida got them off the field, Florida would score right away. It just, it was, it became clear that South Carolina wasn't going to be able to get Florida off the field enough, uh, yeah, to win that game. But, um, answer or strike. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. The, uh, the Tony, uh, catch and run in the second half was one of the more impressive plays I've seen this year. He's got tremendous balance. Like, yeah, that, there that were five guys. Yeah, where it was kind of yeah. If you see the the screen grab where there's five or six right. white shirts, pretty much touching him, it's mm-hmm. one of those like this guy still scored on this play. Yeah, but right. some of that was was definitely on South Carolina's defense. Like oh, none yeah. of them tried yeah. to wrap up. It was all <laughs> hit him with a shoulder and expect him to go down. Um, mm-hmm. Any defensive coach will tell you that's not what we practice. <laughs> right. Got to bring your arms. You got to bring your arms. Don't arm tackle, but you got to wrap up. So, right. anyhow. 
All right, so Florida took care of business. It was, what, 38-24 was the final. Um, they did take their foot off the gas a little bit there in the second half, but uh, um, Emory Jones did not play in this game, Jordan. I know you were asking. Uh, he is hurt. His arm was in a brace or something on the sideline. Oh. So I don't know what happened. He's throwing uh, too much at practice? What's, what's the deal? <laughs> is it just throwing arm or left arm? Uh, I don't, I don't know, but apparently there had been, there seems to be some, uh, uh, beat Florida beat reporter, uh, injury reporting beat beef going on right now. And, uh, I think Mullen got mad at some people for reporting injuries or something and said that he's not going to be providing injury updates the rest of the year or something like that. One of those situations, uh, that happened. And then I saw a bunch of Florida beat. Yeah, a bunch of the Florida Beat guys on Twitter were getting all hyphy uh, when um, ESPN showed, a, a, I guess, showed Emory Jones on the sideline, not dressed for the game with his arm in a brace. And they're like, oh, so is, uh, is he, I wonder if the owner of ESPN is going to get in trouble for, uh, you know, reporting for national news also. <laughs> but, uh, so I don't know what happened there, but, you know, that's always delightful, college, college sports. Jason, I'm sure you, you understand how these things go. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Do we want to say the noontime slot or we just want to move through these games and then get to the picks? I don't know. Oh, we can just move I'm... through. Okay, so we'll go to seven – or actually, this was the last game of the night, as Jordan mentioned, but UVA yes. was at Clemson, um, the other school from South Carolina. Um, what do you think? I mean, I think things maybe went a little better than expected. Could have gone much better than expected, uh, but yes. overall was, uh, I think, about the outcome that we maybe – could have expected <laughs> i don't know that was, that was good analysis yeah i think uh well i'll let i'll let you guys go first and just see okay you. i'll i'll head it off at the pass by saying i didn't watch any of this game because i was over on Auburn. okay yeah okay i um i watched some of this game and it, it reminded me you look back at the final score of the acc championship game last year and clemson scored a zillion points they did not score a zillion points last night they scored enough and they won comfortably but um, it, 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 I guess my take on this game is it's not a scheme thing. It's a talent thing. Individual talent on Clemson is so much higher yep. than it is at UVA, especially at the receivers and the running back position. And, you know, like the, the, the first touchdown run by Etienne was a play that was sniffed out. And that guy has no business playing college football right now, but is still playing college football and is so good. And he, Broke two tackles, spun around, stayed up, great balance. You know, he's an NFL player, and he, he made it in the end zone. And um, <clears throat> I just think that it was it was just frustrating to see UVA, like, actually I think they called a pretty good game on offense. They they seemed to go at uh, what they perceived to be maybe some weaknesses Clemson had. Um, you throw a pick in the end zone, that kills, that kills a scoring opportunity that gets the game actually within shouting distance in the second half, which would have been – just interesting to see how Clemson responded, but um, I don't know. I think it's a, I mean, a moral victory, as dumb as it is to talk about those things, for sure, that you forced Clemson to have to play their starters the whole game. And, you know, you had to keep them honest, and uh, um, I guess that's that's good. I was happy with the game plan that UVA came in with, but it's just at a certain point, like, you get to those 50-50 opportunities where you either make a play or the other guy makes a play. It seems like Clemson's guys always make the play because they're better. And that's just the difference in the game, in my opinion. Um, I do, I do love the quarterback's throwing motion. Still, he he does a great job. He's got a little Bo Nix in him, a little, little bit of Bo Nix with like the kind of like, uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Bo's approach to quarterbacking, but kind of whips it, which is fun to He's see. But he looked, 
Yeah, he put some balls in there, and I liked how UVA took shots on the sideline and challenged the corners. I mean, one of them ended in a circus interception, which was a great play, of which dubious that he was (laughs) boxing the guy out and had a handful of the receiver's jersey as he was making the interception. Super impressive that he caught the ball. Anyway, any way you put it, but, you know, it wasn't wasn't like the refs robbed UVA of the game or anything. Top shelf uh, multitasking. Yeah, it was just kind of, I don't really know how to feel. Like, I feel fine after that game. I don't feel bad. Um, I, I, I feel encouraged that like UVA like stood there and took some punches and kept playing. But other than that, it's just like until, until Virginia like can really match a team of Clemson's caliber with some talent at some skill positions, I think they're going to be really hard pressed to ever win a game like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with the talent versus scheme point. Um, though I do think like one of the big major frustrations I had were the third and long conversions that Clemson was able to consistently uh, successfully convert. There was a third and 16, a third and 17, multiple third and nines where it was just (laughs) like, Oh, we'll just give it to Etienne and he'll make guys miss. But some of them weren't even like where he had to make guys miss. It was, we had a middle UVA had a middle linebacker covering him out of the backfield for whatever reason. And yeah, like the UVA stocky stout stouter Zane Zandier, Nick Jackson, like they're great players, but they are not meant to cover Travis Etienne out of the backfield. Right. So that I think is a scheme thing and not a talent thing that is maybe a little bit questionable. Um, sure. Offensive, but that's also what a good that's what a good offense like i mean yeah they take advantage of i don't that. know yeah you, you, yeah that's i mean that's the point of using motion and stuff like that is to kind of suss out what the defense is going to do and then take advantage of your matchup right but sure yeah yeah i uh i think offensively i was encouraged by the play calling again for the most part but uh i think kind of like you said logan with with the roster discrepancy being the way it is like for Virginia to win this game, they have to have a, a thousand percent success rate on their calls and their executions. Yes. At for sixty four <clears throat> minutes, there can't be any like whoopsies, and there were several of those. And then you have to win every fifty fifty opportunity, and they won very few of them. Um, which again, that's that's more of a talent uh, difference than anything. Uh, I didn't – I guess overall, yes, I was very encouraged by the way Brennan Armstrong played. Uh, the gunslinger behavior did cause some <laughs> issues with with the first interception. Um, I really enjoyed Kurt Benkert's Twitter commentary throughout the night. Uh, he was a little confused as to why we had three quarterbacks on the field for that play. Um, two of them were lined up as wide receivers. One of them was the intended receiver. Uh, so yeah, kind yeah, of, they got uh, Keaton Thomas wearing the or Thompson or Thomas whatever wearing Thompson, the uh, ninety nine. Yeah, he did catch a touchdown <laughs> yeah, pass. He later. caught a touchdown on pass. on a really well designed goal line play. Oh, um, love love the leak out the leak out underneath yeah, throwback. Which feels and it, and that's one of those plays where it feels like I see it all the time from every other school in the country, but never from UVA. And then sure. you see it from UVA and you're like, We're, whoa, we know about this. That's, that's wild. Um, <laughs> but 
yeah, I think Armstrong, I do like when they take shots, especially with the taller receivers like Lavelle Davis, 6'7", uh, Tony Poljan, 6'7", tight end. Uh, Armstrong still seems to con- like underthrow those guys yeah. when he throws what's intended to be a jump ball to them, um, which I right. think is definitely correctable. It's just frustrating when it's like it happens multiple times a game. You're you're kind of thinking like, just dude, try to overthrow him. I dare you. See like see what happens. Don't don't give the DB a shot. Um, but yeah, and I I again I thought overall uh, really encouraging that they did seem to acquit themselves better than they did in Charlotte last year in the conference championship game. Um, Broncos post game interview was pretty enlightening. I love watching those, hearing what he has to say. But uh, he he kind of mentioned that thing, and he also like they burned all three of their first half timeouts in the first quarter, um, and they were on some like interesting situational things. But he talked about how you know we we know Clemson is the type of team where they feast on just being able to jump out and ahead of teams from the get go right. and you can't stay connected to them. So his thinking was we were going to do everything we could to stay connected to them at, for as long as possible. And if that meant burning timeouts, then so be it. We were ready to do it and we'd do it again. So that was, that was kind of a neat little insight into what kind of what they were thinking in terms of the, the story of the game um well especially given the announcers being like well, that ha- that couldn't they literally said that couldn't have been the plan once uva yeah. burned two timeouts because i think uva burned a timeout with 30 seconds left in the first quarter their second timeout and it was like oh that seemed like an odd time to take a timeout. yeah yeah um, and so yeah so it was nice again it's always nice to hear a uva coach speak with with a direct plan in mind given the way some other regimes have gone in the past past 10, 15 years. Um, but, yeah, I think it was encouraging. I don't think there were any uh, injuries of note. Joey Blunt got banged up at the end of the game maybe, but he tends to get banged up all the time and then still yeah, he does. Sometime, somehow find himself back out there the next week. So, uh, overall encouraged. We did have some COVID numbers. I don't know if we want to talk about that or the reaction to it at all um but well i mean there was there was a fair amount of chest beating by uva uh early on in this uh you know again an odd thing to hype up success at um but you know and then uva had was missing what a handful of guys seven guys and a coach or something like that yesterday anyone of note that would have played in the game so from what i heard uh before the game, it wasn't going to be any starters. And from what I understand, it was not any starters. It was more of a depth and sure. potentially special teams thing. Um, I still don't know who the coach was. Uh, Bronco said they weren't going to release names because of privacy issues, and I don't think that's allowed via HIPAA anyway. Um, they were going to continue to release numbers but not names uh the yeah kind of the interesting thing that kind of rankled me a little bit was a 
a, a certain writer on Twitter uh, for The Athletic tweeted, <laughs> quote tweeted the report that seven players and a coach were going to be out and said, this is why all the chest thumping a couple weeks ago was dumb. This virus can seep in anywhere. It doesn't take much to cause a problem. It's not an indictment of character if it does. Um, I guess my issue was like the chest thumping in general seemed to be more we've made it to this point with zero and not we're going to last the whole season with it remaining at zero. Like Bronco came out and said during the, uh, I guess, pregame week radio show leading up to Duke, he's like, I, I acknowledge that, you know, we could have positives and, and stuff could break out, but there's a difference in like, it seeping into a program and it wrecking your program to the point where you have to postpone multiple games. So certainly, yeah, I think, and again, I think this is where kind of like the journalism of a fan site, uh, muddies the waters for some of these individuals a bit. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I would probably leave it at that. Understood. Yeah, I just think it, it seemed to be a weird thing to be take. It, it was an odd time to take a victory lap. Um, I understand, given the the situation, especially with some rival schools and some other schools, that like it, you know, you it, you're gonna probably take all the the Ws that you can, and you know, it's fine. But uh, I would say I'm probably more in line. Like I, I guess I, I get what the writer is is saying, um, as true as it as as you know i'm sure i'm sure mendenhall comes out and says like yeah i mean obviously you're not gonna like avoid it forever but you know they they let the dang team the lady who was in charge of the covid testing break the rock you know last after their first win because like you know she did such a great job of getting them so ready to play and then like once it's over it's kind of like all right well crickets like i guess i guess it's over now so we can no longer like celebrate that like they're still doing a good job objectively yeah um especially in the the context in the context of other schools made fun of that during the pregame show uh which whatever dude but um (laughs) yeah again i think the whole like celebration again and the chest thumping to quote an individual was not we are immune and impervious to this it is we have done an impressive job to this point um which i think like to a degree is warranted like given how how tough it must have been for them sacrifices they would have had to make um and again like i don't know how much of those seven players and one coach i don't know if they were all positive tests or if they like had to had to yeah, sit out just because contact trace, tracing yeah. or or what so uh anyhow hope, hope i'll say better. that my only contribution here will say uh i get where you're coming from jordan and i think that the best and possibly most of the uvhs thumping was about that um but even i saw a good amount that wasn't only about that um, yeah, that's fair. I I so, don't recall seeing that, but that's fair. Um, saw different. That's fair. And um, yeah, so there's that. And I'll also I'll also say that I believe that writer was responding to those just because of like I I follow him um, from my days in Blacksburg. Sure. And when it all happened, I remember him 
mentioning some of the specific ones that I saw. And that's probably how I saw most of the worst ones. Um, and just being like, yeah, this is kind of um, I'll also say, I don't, I'm trying to think how to phrase this in a way that doesn't throw somebody in the bus. I don't think you guys have to worry about him being in the tank for Virginia Tech or their behind the scenes operations, for lack of a better way to put it. No, I, I yeah, there, I think that's where there's, you, you probably have better insight into him and his situation in general, like you said, given your time around the Virginia Tech programs. But I think the whole like speaking in general of kind of the the structure of these like fan centric sites it, it and assigning yeah. yeah assigning specific reporters to specific uh, teams lines get blurred and there's maybe incentive to not just for him but for all those team site writers and and the like to kind of uh i guess put out content that slants a certain way I can understand that. I think that's so, been true. So, so, yeah, so maybe it's not fair to accuse him specifically of that because I don't really know his situation very well. But I think in general that scenario and that structure uh, certainly allows for and even incentivizes it. Uh, I think that's fair. Uh, I think that's probably been true as one of the <laughs> beat writers. I'll yeah. Say that. yeah. Like Mike, cool. Mike, right. Mike Barber was in Harrisonburg. He got accused all the time of like being – like in the tank for JMU, uh, which was hilarious to anybody who was here because like every other day, Michael tell you, Mickey, like tried to throw him out of practice. He's like, no, you gotta go stand. You gotta get over there, Mike. You gotta go. Like, so I, I think it's kind of been, I, I think, I think you're right. And it's a, it's a very old problem. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, not, I, I, yeah. not even necessarily a problem. Cause it's not like, I don't know how to fix it. Like you have to have beat writers. They probably right. sell more papers and more memberships if the fans like what they're saying. So, like, how do you incentivize? It's it's tough, and so yeah. But I think I think what you said is I, I get where you're coming from. Gotcha. All right, cool. Well, well done on the nuance front, boys. That was very nice. Great discourse. Healthy discourse. Healthy discourse there. Um, yeah, I just it, I it's a shame that it has to come down to like coverage of. Yeah a thing like this to and it gets turned into um like you said uh some sort of any sort of spat this year is gonna... yeah any sort of spat like who's doing better at defeating this and therefore they are they are better and want football more, more. And like and yeah worthy. yeah exactly yeah. and yeah so that's that that's silly i think we can all agree there and and, and let it go um three months and possibly six months through basketball have the potential to get and stay pretty gross all around sure gotcha i know that's really hard to believe in america in 2020 but yeah yeah no we, we should that's open our minds good. to the possibility yeah. also the right. lakers are only three points down with 10 minutes to play Sick. thank you all right let's move on to virginia tech at duke i watched zero segundos of this game um how uh how did it work so virginia tech won right they yeah, did. they won by seven, I think. Seven? Cool. So uh, did anyone catch how this went? Virginia Tech seems to be scoring some points, so uh, that's yeah. interesting. So I got the I got the gist of it through my several uh, Twitter follows. Um, so I'm distracted. It's tied now. Um, 
but so Virginia Tech was missing um, twenty one. Like, their top four cornerbacks and a free their starting free safety and their right. coach and their defensive coordinator. Which listen, let me just say up front, as I said in the text thread, if if you're gonna be missing those types of players, Chase Bryce is the guy to do it against. Because <laughs> yeah. Duke sucks. I don't think he could punish it very much. Um <laughs> and I mean, so let's see. Duke scored its first. Yeah, Duke opened the scoring when Virginia Tech muffed a punt or a kickoff in the t- in the end zone or something like that. Well, yeah, they muffed it at like the twenty, and it got booted three or four times, just continually closer and closer to the goal line. Um, so there was that, which led to an obvious Beamer Ball joke, which we're obviously all here for. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. I will participate. Uh, Virginia Tech did have, I think, a kickoff run back. Later in the game, they got called back because of the penalty, but whatever. Classic Beamer ball again. Just wildly undisciplined. That's all it's always been. Um, Rubbing his race, and sometimes you're going to bend a few sheets out there, you know, trying to win a race. So basically, um, Tech was up three going into halftime, but Duke took the lead right out of that. And then Tech never got up by more than 10. Um, and for the last 20 minutes of the game, they just alternated touchdowns. And Tech okay. had never really put it away, but Tech had like. Tech is running the ball really, really well right now. Um, hmm. Now, whether that holds up against some better defenses, I have no idea. Um, but they're average. I think they're first in the country in in yards per game or per carry. I think per carry. Um, that's a, that's an important stat, probably. They're averaging a full seven yards per carry right now, which is pretty genuinely impressive. For sure. Um, and uh, they have Khalil. Herbert, I think his name is, who transferred from Kansas, I believe. Khalil Herbert. Um, I that think... Kansas and Virginia Tech pipeline is strong. Oh, yeah. That's, that's historic, you know. They had a quarterback from there recently. That's yeah. Old, uh, and, uh, he, old, old white guy, big kind of lumbering white guy. White guy who and... lost the job his senior year. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, they rolled him out against Notre Dame, and, like, it was Kansas just it was, a, it, was a, it was a mess. Um, yeah. But – Wait, he's on the cover of the Athlon that I still have. I don't <laughs> wow. know where it is, though. Yeah. Wow. All right. Oh, yeah. So, so Virginia Tech just kind of like, kind of just kept running it up the middle and, 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 or not, not even up the middle, just kept running it at them. And uh, they gained, let's see, quick check here, 324 yards in the ground, average six and a half yards of carry. Um, and I think just Duke just couldn't slow them down. And, Herbert had a couple big ones he snapped off. He ran for 208 yards on 20 carries, which solid. Ryan Willis. That's oh, the name right. of the key. Uh, he was Ryan. Kansas? I forgot about yep. that. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think against a better team, I think Tech would have been in trouble. Um, yeah. Like even I don't, I don't know how many of those there are in the ACC right now, though. Well, I think, like, I think if this would have happened next week at UNC, that could have been, I guess – Oh like yeah, sure. Problem. You're missing those defenders against right, Howell. Exactly. Yeah, um, their defense so, is probably a little. Bit I don't know. Maybe I mean definitely Miami would have made him pay. Clemson, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, yeah, but, it does. Clemson yeah. is so far ahead of the ACC. Right. It's just like it's wild. Like the rest of the ACC really seems. I mean, it, 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 the gap has been building the past yeah. few years, but it seems especially stark the difference between the level yeah. with which Clemson kind of can operate and play and. Most of these other teams, I mean, yeah, uh, but I guess so. Circling back real quick to the UVA, 
game. UVA put up over 400 yards of offense on them, and I think that was the first time a Clemson opponent has done that since 2017, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, but how many I, possessions did UVA get? I mean, like, is it unrealistic to think well, that? Let's not like that you would. I mean, here. like, I'm this is why making... total offense is. This is why total offense measured by of a silly, like, an unscientific way to judge how good you played. No, but well, I I guess my. What are the rated pace adjusted stats, Jordan? We go per thirty six here, and they also show. had more first just... downs than Clemson, so suck it. I don't uh, want to well, discuss minutiae about that many, either. Did, I don't, don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. They, have more they, they want a statistical category. <laughs> don't want to hear it. But my broader, my broader point is, is that UVA showed that that defense, the ball can be moved against them. So I think, sure. and this week, and we'll talk about it more on our late week episode, they've got Miami coming up. Miami's got a better defense in theory, better athletes For sure. to contend with that. So, yeah, yeah, I do agree that the gap is wide, but I do yeah. think maybe it's tightening in certain areas. I could see that. I think uh, that the Clemson thing, though, that is so scary about them is if they play Miami and say Miami's having success, Clemson can take the air out of the ball and just run you over and let let Etienne eat and like go on go for longer drives. Too and um, there, I think they they're more multiple on offense than maybe we give them credit. I tended to usually think that they ran a pretty simple offense, a lot of like easy, like a lot of shot plays to the boundary, and then a lot of uh, just throw to the running back in the flats, which is great when you're better across the board from a talent standpoint. But um, they they actually seem like they're doing some more creative stuff on defense uh, on offense this year, and and Lawrence just like he looks like he throws the ball like with such command now, I mean, he is just yeah. like throwing that, throwing that thing. He's he, got he some keeps more that, sauce on that thing on him. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> so back, back to Virginia tech, they've been rolling with uh, the Oregon transfer at QB Braxton Burmeister yep. for the past two weeks. <laughs> what um, a name. I know Hendon hooker was out because of kind of like just being out of quarantine a day before the NC state game or whatever. I believe that's correct. I I'll be interested to see because Burmeister, from what I've seen, looks like a pretty good fit in terms of what Fuente wants to do. So I mean, so, as he, to how much of a genuine shot like is Hooker gonna get, or do they just keep rolling with the hot hand? Yeah, he said uh, he said basically that Hooker was ready to go uh, yesterday against Duke, but they just went with. They went with Burmeister, and yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Like, they're winning games, and that's good, uh, but I don't think many people can pretend that he's doing a ton except, you know, putting his running backs in the right holes. Um, well, he I've seen him break off a couple nice runs himself. I, not well, that Hooker fair. can't do that yeah. either, but. Sure. Yeah, it, it, he, I, he maybe he keeps people honest enough that that's what he does, and that's good, but. You don't have to be a good runner. You have to be a willing runner. He's very, that's true. <laughs> He's very much not a passer. Dan Mullen. That's the that's the Dan Mullen quote. I mean, All he right. was nine twenty five um, against Duke, so that's not great. Right. Mm. All right. Let's let's move on. God, enough Virginia Tech talk. Jesus. All right. <laughs> let's go to TCU at Texas. This one was delightful, weird, strange. <laughs> uh, all of the classic Big Twelve like 
was was Gus Gus was on the call. Gus was on the call. Which really set the tone. Oh, Jordan, you gotta watch this. This was I'll, I mean, I'll go rewatch a real it. a real in the in the like in the classic sense of the term. Um, so, uh, Jason, I mean, these are your two favorite teams of all time. What are you like? Let you you want to lead us in here talking about this? I mean, this was it. It was weird. It was weird. Um, it was it was just very weird. Uh, Texas seemed to like. They seemed okay at the beginning. Like the teams just traded scores uh, here and there. Neither team was like running up and down the field. And then right. Texas kind of seemed like they checked out for like most of the second quarter. The sign uh, of a well-coached team. And <laughs> yeah, so second quarter a little. And like TCU's never like even when Texas checked out, it's not like TCU's going to run the score up on anybody. But um, it was it was it was just a very it was a weird game. It's so hard to describe. There were like a thousand penalties in this game. Uh, let me see if I can find the stats. From what I remember seeing on Twitter, the Big Twelve officials, and this will come as a shock to our listeners, had a rough one Saturday. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, in general, good. not isolated to this Texas game. Either. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, it was just like it was no stop and go, and like I think at one point there was a review of a review and. Uh, which I think is what everybody wants to see at noon on a college football Saturday. Right. This game was just uh, Florida went, the Florida South Carolina game went to halftime and there were still nine minutes to go in the second yeah. quarter of this game with I, no I stoppages. Watching, yeah. I was watching Texas TCU. And when Texas TCU finally went to halftime, I flipped back to Florida, South Carolina, and there was like eight minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was crazy. It was taking forever. It was, it was a good um, like two hour, 30 minute, first half <clears throat> texas's defense like like you said they, they sort of checked out their i mean they gave up plays but they also they seemed really disruptive like they seemed like yeah. they were giving you what you kind of wanted and then things would just break down there were some great individual plays uh the quarterback from tcu played really well on the on the whole during the game tcu just looks like they're better coached than texas and they don't look like texas doesn't appear to be like dramatically more talented if at all than tcu so that's a, I think that's the biggest indictment on Texas right now is that they're not across the board more talented than a school like TCU. And now TCU has been, you know, I think just has a better coach. Patterson's been there forever. They know what they do. Yeah. Um, you and know, they've they embraced. They have an identity. And I think Texas, yeah. as, as much as Herman has increased the talent level and restored it to what Texas usually has, they don't. Maybe. They don't have. Well, I, I think they're better than they were four years ago. Star star power sure. wise, you're you're probably right. right. But like, but I don't. I don't when, you watch, when you watch the games, you can't tell. No, yeah. because I don't think they have an identity yet. Um, sure. I think Which they're just concerning. Like, and that was the thing that that was the thing that stood out to me most is like it, it was rough on defense some, but like on off, the Texas offense, I don't know what they are. Like, yeah, it's it's a real slog. It's very weird. <clears throat> it, I just I don't. They don't have anything they can hang their hat on. Like TCU, like TCU is mostly just going to beat you with their defense. But like Max Duggan is really good. Uh, Yeah, he's a really good quarterback, and he like he stood in on some hits and delivered some really good balls. Um, I don't think he threw for a score, but he he looked he was very impressive against the what what seemed like a pretty good Texas defense. Um, Yeah, like I said, the Texas defense did appear to be. Like yeah. have some talent, especially because, up front. They have a they have a defensive tackle whose nickname is Snacks, and it goes yeah. about three sixty. That's a big dude <laughs> there in the middle. So always it's cool to see. Bear but season, boys. <laughs> the I mean the, the the crux of this game was really the the end, obviously. But 
you know, TCU uh, gives the ball to Texas and Texas is driving um, with the, with the opportunity to win the football game. They're at the what one or two yard line, two yard line. run, <clears throat> run a running play. And, you know, the running back does the classic extend the ball towards the goal line and just, that thing just does not come back with him once yeah. like he gets folded over the ball actually just makes it all the way to the ground. You see the TCU players react to it. So then TCU gets the ball um, and basically just has to try to try to run out as much of the clock as possible. <laughs> but then we got, we got a classic throwback to what? 2006 Sharando high school. Yep. Uh, Harrisonburg was Sharando. Um, we had uh, <laughs> the punter for TCU. I think, it dawned on Patterson. I thought that he, he was could, he could do this. Duggan that ran backwards. I think it was Duggan. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. It was. They didn't. Do it was the Harrisonburg High School punter that ran backwards. Yeah, they went. Um, yeah, they went. Uh, they went victory formation, which for TCU is out of the shotgun, which is delightful. Yep. And um, and then the quarterback. I think they were just going to run like a sneak or something. But then you see Patterson call a timeout, and I think he realizes, oh, we should probably do this. So they uh, they're going to do the quarterback run around and waste as much time as possible there's six seconds left in the game just take the safety you're up by three um and uh they pulled it off now the refs could not make sense of what happened like they were having the toughest time explaining what happened they called the penalty they were going to make them kick off they were going to they were going to force them to have an untimed down uh at one point before they realized that like the safety was a scoring play and therefore and it ended the game um, because time ran out during the play, which is really the only outcome that you need to worry about. Um, otherwise, I think they called holding on the play too, because TCU intentionally held just to waste time in case they had to uh, run another play. So um, again, they haven't fixed that. I- I'm surprised they haven't fixed that in the rules that you can end the game like that on a holding penalty. But um, regardless, it was it was uh, pretty interesting to see. I think for there there was a. Some interesting bad beat potential here too. Yes, I believe the safety put the game over. Um, and yeah, they they hit the over with the safety. And I saw a lot of folks. Well, there's a fair number of people on Twitter, uh, you know, checking in on that as I'll they say. do. But TCU won, and they won. This game was at Texas, and that's an impressive win for TCU. Maybe they're uh, maybe they're the the Big Twelve darling this year. The Big Twelve just doesn't appear like they've got a a real heavy hitter this year. Correct. So I, <laughs> I didn't watch this live, as I've mentioned, I'll try to catch the replay somewhere at some point this week, but the two maybe fun little notes that I took away from watching highlights on sports center, um, post game handshake, uh, Patterson and Herman come together and you can see the, like the calcified sweat, of white on gary's black shirt on the back which i thought was just lovely uh so true to the brand um and then also in ellinger's postgame presser he was he was a little maybe sub tweety on the podium uh talking about how how it's the thing that frustrates him most is just losing and that it's self-inflicted and that there's no attention to detail. And he's kind of doing this like eyebrows raised and kind of rolling his eyes a little bit. Um, He kept saying self-inflicting, which was hilarious. We all knew what he meant, but he like, he, he really was latching onto that term and he was using it just slightly incorrectly, which was great. But um, yeah, he, it was not a great performance. 
for sure, for sure. Not a great performance by him at the podium, just in general. But he, you could tell he like really wanted to maybe say some more stuff, but like was just trying to do the names. robot court. Yeah, was trying to do the robot quarterback. Like, uh, we just need to focus on the details and and do our job every day. And yeah, do he the went best into we full safety mode do. of do not impact whatever draft stock I have. Which I mean, come on, man. Let's. We'll Look, see. He, we'll see. he made the, the bold, courageous decision to come back to make the horns That's right. great. And so did uh so did old old boy from Georgia last year. And things <laughs> things really went off the rails for him. Um all right, we'll move on. Last game we didn't pick was Navy at Air Force. I watched none of this. I saw Navy got murdered. Uh forty one to seven, I think was the final score. Yeah, Air Air Force uh, shellacked him in those sweet Tuskegee Airmen uniforms. Oh, okay, cool. So uh, good. Always they were bet the unis again. One of <laughs> one of my tried and true methods, guys. <laughs> okay, here we go with more tried and true methods. Utah games <laughs> to cover because of altitude. elevation teams and, and bet the unis. Right, and bet the unis. Unless it's Notre Dame wearing green, in which case don't bet them. Right, or Notre right. Dame that's wearing that's a uni. that's just don't that's a noted a noted Notre Dame quirk to the uni rule. Uh, all right, Jordan, how'd we do picking games this week? Uh, picking games, we came back down a little bit closer to earth this week after <laughs> our lovely week last week. Uh, so this week, uh, I went 2-3-0. and We didn't have a push, so the push streak ends at 2, unfortunately. We should have had a push. Yeah. We got close. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> um, I went two, three, and zero. Oh. Logan and Jason, you both went three, two, and zero. Oh. Uh, so as things stand now, Jason, you are in the lead at eight, five, and two. Logan, Ooh. you and I are one game back at seven, six, and two. Oh, feels good. Feels good to be deep in the season like so this. Everybody so above five hundred, uh, a quarter of the way in, or whatever we're calling it, at this yeah. point. Uh, um, Doctor Colin Smith went three and two as well this week. Oh, congrats game. to Doctor Colin. Yeah. New father, just like Rory McIlroy. <laughs> exactly. Saw a lot of, a lot of photos of, uh, of, of fan of the podcast, Dr. Colin Smith wearing the baby sling this weekend. So good to see, good to see people oh, out and about with the babies, you know, to and fro. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. All right. Uh, Texas A&M at Alabama. This was three thirty. This <laughs> went Alabama about rolled. as, as expected, there was a weird like the first quarter. It was like Alabama was up fourteen nothing, and then Texas A and M, I think, got an interception and scored, and, and they got like they capitalized off two like kind of not you know not fools gold fools goldy kind of touchdown drives, and it was fourteen fourteen. Everyone's like, oh, tighten up your butts, boys, let's grab ourselves a game. And then I think Alabama scored like twenty four straight points or yeah. something like that, and blew it wide open, uh, covered so. Um, no backdoor cover for Sweet Jimbo this year. Uh, Thank God. Alabama's quarterback looks pretty good. Yeah, he they threw throws, he they, threw some good deep balls, Mister Jones. He throws some some bombs. Yeah, yeah he. Uh, who is that guy, Mechie or whatever? I've never heard of him, but he was wide open all the time down the field. <laughs> so that's great. Good to see Alabama restocking um, at that position because well, so, it has Someone tweeted it hasn't, out like. It's been a whole 18 months. The clip of him running free with maybe a couple other the wideouts, like how do they all exactly have the same gait and like yeah. running stride and everything? It's it's a little concerning 
and I <laughs> yeah, where science, are they 3D printing? Are they 3D yeah, I think printing their science department needs to be looked into. All these all these <laughs> ag experiments they're doing down there. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that uh, Alabama's science department probably isn't the one that's cracking this code. <laughs> Call me crazy. That's what they want Maybe. you to think. <laughs> that's a good point. They love your mark, dude. <laughs> Jesse, do you got anything on this game? It was, uh, I mean, not not much to write about. Texas A&M is at Florida next week. That will be an interesting matchup, I think. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I didn't watch any of this. I was watching Memphis SMU. Um, ah, so. Um, well, then yeah. let's move. Let's move to Northern Texas and get yeah. right on it. Memphis was at SMU. Um, this one, super fun first half, and then kind of really, really slow. Yeah, it's freaking cratered. It was weird. Yeah, so um, SMU took a big early lead, right? And Memphis did a good job sort of like writing, doing all the things you're supposed to do. Write the ship, get a couple stops, make a couple touchdown drives. Um, and it was tie ball game at 24. And then it kind of seemed like it stayed no, roughly. They never tied it Oh, they didn't tie it at 24. They, just they, took they the kicked the field goal at the halftime buzzer to make it 24-20. My bad. Gotcha. They, oh, they tied it at 27 later. I apologize. Um, yeah, I thought they had tied it in late in the second half. That's yeah. when I started getting hopeful again. Yeah, so SMU went up 24-3 in super fun fashion. Like, they were just – Oh, yeah. Oh, they uh, were slinging the rock around, yeah, running they had circles back, around. Back-to-back drives of three plays, more than 75 yards. It was fun yeah. as hell. That Yeah, they um that guy put a move on a dude on the sideline and yes, was gone down the sideline too. That was – it. Very impressive, like takeoff yeah. because he went big step inside and then just booked it down the sideline, and no one had an angle oh, or a chance. To get also, him. of note in this game, sorry to interrupt, but uh, no, SMU essentially ejected their entire student section from this game. Correct. True. Yes. For not adhering to social distancing rules. So, I, I guess thanks for kind of playing along, SMU, but uh, sure. Yeah, some concerning pictures from stadiums around the country, <laughs> Georgia in particular. This week, looking at you, Adam. <laughs> looking at you, dogs. But yeah, uh, All right. so I guess like Memphis. Yeah, like Memphis got it tied at one point, and then ultimately, and then there was a just thoroughly eventless fourth quarter. Yeah, and then SMU more or less walked it off. It kicked the field goal with nine seconds. Didn't Memphis turned it over like late, late. They were driving. And uh, there's a fumble yep. with like three minutes left or something. Yeah. I do remember watching that and being slightly butthurt. I was, uh, <laughs> I, I was, I was very happy. Yeah. No, I saw that. I saw that happen as well. Unfortunate, but them's the breaks. Yep. Especially when it's you're gambling, when you're dancing, you're dancing with the devil, you know, gambling. <laughs> Super uh, fun. Here. First 30 minutes. Uh, yeah. okay. Second half. When SMU's offense is running and clicking, it is a fun show to watch. Yes, it I is. I recommend. Yeah, definitely. Um, doesn't look like they missed Red Lashley at all. Colin plays there. Interesting. They have not missed a beat. Who would have no, thought? No, his, his aura right. is still there. It's kind of like, <laughs> look, listen. If if the ghost that's of why, that's why Auburn, that's why Auburn's offense haunting put up Louisville's six. defense, okay. Red Lashley's glitter and shine can still <laughs> – can still hang out at his last stop. I think it's more bad Todd Grantham that's still haunting Louisville's defense, but it's right. oh, interesting take. <laughs> they've had a, they've had quite a run. Um, all right, next up was Ole Miss at Kentucky. 
I had this one, I think, pegged as a, a sneaky fun game. It ended up being not sneaky fun, just just plain fun. Um, Kentucky continues to like sort of patch things together on offense with uh, a good running back and a super athletic quarterback. And, you know, they don't really have like a, a passing game in the traditional sense, but um, they do a good job of giving Wilson opportunities to, to throw the ball down the field. Um, Ole Miss is scary on offense. They're going to yeah. – they're going to get into a, a full-on shootout with a team like Alabama or something, and it's going to be just absolutely bonkers. I think they did this a couple of years ago, too, with Alabama. They might have beat them. But, um, yeah, they're 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 really good, and they look like they can get uh, – so, not unlike Florida, like they can get kind of what they want to get. Uh, they got a couple of really good receivers. And Matt Corral, the quarterback, is good. I mean, he's accurate. He He's spunky. Um I he think, is, you know, and he doesn't have, like, I, I don't want to say he's too dumb to have situational awareness, but he just, like, he... Oh, no, he's not, not scared. No, like, no, he, he's not scared he at all. gives no <laughs> flips about the moment yes. or any significance. Correct. He's just like, let's go play yeah. ball, dudes. He's just the classic dude that comes off the field, too, and it's just woofing at everyone yeah, there's on the sideline. Yeah, there's a little Johnny football in great him. to see. A little what? A little bit of Johnny football. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I could, I could go there. Um, former five star, five star um, recruit too. Yeah. So I mean, he is, he is. The talent is there. I think he eventually. I think he finished up uh, as a four star recruit. But um, yeah, and then you know they don't even really seem to use John Rice Plumley, who pretty much played all last year or most of last year at quarterback um, for Ole Miss. Uh, they only really use him for like designated quarterback run situations or like wildcat Henry Jones. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, young Henry Jones, wildcat type, uh, situations. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed watching Ole Miss. Uh, their uniforms are crispy. Mm -hmm. Shout out to them for continuing with the, uh, the nice, whatever that ice blue, or that might've been their, their more traditional powder blue, but, um, yeah. And then Kentucky, I mean, I think Kentucky's it, it, I guess they're they're 0 2 now. Uh but uh they're not bad. Uh they certainly need to be better on offense to you know help the defense out and win some of these games. Yeah. Um well, Mark Soups was not happy after this game. Did the the classic go after the refs like grab the ref on the arm to talk to him about something? I think he was mad about a pass interference call, which I think was the right call. I mean it was unfortunate that it was that it was made in a high leverage situation at the end of the yeah, game. The, the DB but, I mean, was not turned around for the ball at all. He just kept running through the receiver and just like right. ran him out the back of the end zone while the receiver right. was trying to. And the ball fall, and the ball falls down. Yeah. The ball falls down in the end zone. And it's like, I kind of, I know a lot of people like to be a pass interference police on, on things, but I sometimes think like, you know, there's an easy way to not get pass interference called and it would be, don't do the ridiculous thing where you don't look around and you just shove the guy out of the back of the end zone and then try to play the result like you knew that the ball was going to be like underthrown or uncatchable or something like, oh, yeah, you know, it just happens. It wasn't catchable. Yeah. Like, well, you should, you also shouldn't have done that and it would have still been uncatchable and we wouldn't be having this conversation. So, see, um, after the game when they panned to Stoops and he started sprinting after the refs, <laughs> I thought he was sprinting at Lane. And oh he was yeah, me down too. With Lane Kiffin, I had a brief. I had and a brief that's what I was rooting for. And then I saw him like get to their officials, and I was like, "Hot oh, dang uh, it, man! That this could have yeah. been so much more fuego." Yeah, Lane. Um, Lane was was excited. He was excited after this game. He gave Spike the big punch. 
yeah, they're just getting started. Um, so shouts to shouts to Lane and, and them boys getting a, a win on the road in the SEC. Jason, did you catch any uh, Ole Miss Kentucky? I did not. No. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's game Kentucky game. running back uh, get hawked after celebrating early. Oh yes, yes. he, he, he was one the, of two uh, folks piece. on Saturday. Yep. <laughs> and then two plays later, fumbled away a one-yard run. So on the goal line. Yes. Yeah. Hey, my my, how the turntables. How the turn. All right. <laughs> Auburn was at Georgia. This was supposed to be the crown jewel of the Oof. weekend, and it was the crown, the fart, turned. the jewel that came out when you're farting. Um, Auburn. Guys, I, I, I listen. I told you. I told you it was going to happen. I told you, you this is the game. Nobody's on the other side of this argument. I know. I know. I, I'm just, this is for the listeners that are Auburn fans. Uh, I knew this was going to happen. Auburn has you believe in a little bit. They got some different stuff going on. Bo Nix doesn't look like he's terrible like he was last year. And guess what happened, baby? Uh, Auburn is back. Bo Nix never has ever once set his feet to make a throw in the history of his football career. But his last name is Nix, so he's destined to play the position, uh, I guess, is what we're, what we're going to keep going with. I don't well, know what there's the, a I picture mean, of him as an infant in an Auburn sweater holding a roll of toilet true. paper. So This is true. Yeah, yeah. And he, he completed like a 50-50 fade jump ball against Oregon at the mm-hmm. first game of last year to really, you know, start his legend. But uh, I don't think he's actually that bad. It just it's when Auburn is not on – it's easy to pick apart Bo Nix's performances for sure. He's very erratic, and he's got a little Johnny football in him too, Jordan. Um, Maybe not so the kind he has. Want. He has a ton of arm talent for sure, and it's he has to because, like I said, he never sets his feet to make a throw. <laughs> <laughs> but he, I, I think I texted you guys and said that he always looks like he's like a a, a shortstop deep in the hole that's like I'm trying to like make this ridiculous throw yeah. across his body. That's um, why he just unfurls every time. Like you can see like his throw, <laughs> starts, his throw starts in his ankles. Like, yeah, just, right. Like, it's very, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, like, I mean, sure. so like Logan, I know you're the expert on Auburn's offense. Um, no, you, I mean, I'm, I'm not because Chad Morris is actually the offensive coordinator now, so they're not even doing that's all the all the stupid Gus Malzahn stuff anymore. They're just doing maybe Chad Morris stuff with Gus's. <laughs> yeah, maybe they should. They're doing Chad <laughs> Morris stuff with Gus Malzahn's players. Um, but like, it, it just feels <laughs> like an offense that, like, for the quarterback to succeed, a whole lot of other stuff has to go right, and. <laughs> Which is a really like stupid elementary thing to say, but like, yeah, Georgia has the defense to make uh, almost nothing go right, and so that's when it looks yes. it looks really really bad. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Auburn's got some really talented receivers. They just seem to struggle to like run even those like get them the ball plays. Uh, yeah. Seth Williams is really good, but it you just, know, Georgia's got like, some tall, lanky DBs and. Honestly, yeah. Georgia's, defense, Georgia's, just like, Georgia's defense is a fantastic unit. They're, they're, they're really, they're like really good. Like, they hammered – like no receiver got off the line clean. Like timing was messed up all over the place. They, like even when yeah. Bo Nix got, out, got a pass out quick enough to get a quick gain, like a, a safety was on top of him. I, I was very, very, very impressed with Georgia's defense. Um, I knew they were yeah. very good, but to, to watch them just – Auburn couldn't do anything. They literally could not do anything. And right. I, I was. And I, when Georgia's defense looks like that, you get this fully realized, yeah, Will Muschamp, Kirby Smart type situation in which you have 
like no name walk on all shucks kid that comes in and plays quarterback and gets to gets to throw passes to big talented tight ends after play action I mean, gets to hand the ball off to the run the stud running backs. I mean, Georgia's doing what they want to do right now. Gosh, Georgia running. was like three deep with running backs that were just like, I don't want to tackle yeah. that dude. Like that doesn't look fun at all. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and like yeah, no, it's good. way too early to make this comparison. This is a dumb comparison. So I, that's always a good preface for a point I'm about to make, but like yeah. it, that's kind of where Alabama started, like five, six years ago, right? No, no. This is this is why, like, I think that's the been the critique right. on Kirby, though, is like Saban is has adjusted because you can't right. count on that defense to like only allow you know seventeen less than seventeen points every single game. It, right. That has to be true for you to be able to win. Period. You know, yeah. um, I think yeah, I, I think, think Saban yeah, like I think this is like this is. They, they look a lot like, you know, 2011, 2012, 2013, Alabama. They're approaching that, that next tier. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's probably way it, – not probably. It's definitely way too early to call that putt. But this, oh, this yeah. was like – when everybody's like, well, Kirby's just got to get the boys going. This is the first time where I was like, okay, like they're making progress. Like I get it. Oh, no, I don't think this is the first time. I mean, like I think you've seen – Glimpses of it. I mean, they had. Uh, they played. They were up against Alabama in a national championship game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so. they're 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 doing. I think what they want to do, but I just think this version of this team right now is very undistilled, like Georgia, in that it's very heavily weighted towards defense and field position and kind of wearing you out running but it the does football. Does help and then, that they got rid of Jim Cheney. Certainly can't hurt, um, for sure. But uh, but who's calling plays there? Coley. I think so. Oh no, they brought in Munkin. They brought in a, oh. a Munkin. Is it Todd I Munkin? I saw maybe? Coley in a tweet. <laughs> I think Coley. I think I think Coley is uh is a uh, the it might be Jeff Munkin. I don't know one of those, but uh, I think Coley's like Munkin. the assistant assistant uh, head coach or something like that. Assistant one of those like quasi. He got like demoted from play calling or you know that kind of those kind of duties and has been given a, a, a more prominent role. I think he just recruits, which seems to be a good good gig there at Georgia. But um yeah, no, they're they're really impressive. I don't want to like fawn over Georgia because I like obviously, you know, would rather not see them be awesome, but uh they have a process and they're sticking to it right now. And it'll be interesting to see though if they get into a game where like maybe their defense gives up twenty seven points, like if Georgia against a you know if you if you play Florida and you got to score, probably what thirty points to 35. win the game, yeah. is Georgia able to now against Florida's defense as currently playing? Yes, <laughs> um, but at, you know maybe down the road it's a little different. But maybe the defense is good enough that Florida doesn't score. I mean, the past two years those games have been really low scoring, um, which has been different. But the Florida say, offense, uh, Stetson Bennett didn't look bad. No, no, he looked fine. He looked yeah, very serviceable. and they said. Uh... JT Daniels was cleared for the game last night, and they stuck with Bennett. Is that correct? I couldn't tell you. I, yeah, I don't know. They were they were like really spinning quite the sob story about Bennett before the game. Like, I mean, it was cool. I guess he was at Georgia, like walked on, and then he left him and played JUCO, and then he came back to Georgia as a as a scholarship player, which is kind of cool. But like, basically, the coaches sat him down and like told him like, we don't think you're ever going to be like the starter here. And he was like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to stay and do this. And now he's a starter, which is a that's an objectively awesome story that that sure. works out. Yeah. I, he was, I like, he was at one point like the fifth string quarterback or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, 
Anyhow, all right. So uh, I'm interested to see who who's Georgia. What's Georgia up to next? I have the 2020 SEC schedule. Georgia has Tennessee at home on Saturday. That's right. right. That's the 3:30 game. 3:30 SEC game. And they go to Bama. And then they have Kentucky trap game at Kentucky. Tough Kentucky team. Look ahead to Florida. That's not a fun October slash. What are we for them? Their October was home Auburn, home Tennessee, at Bama, at Kentucky, home Florida. I just can't stop looking at Arkansas's schedule, though. Man. Also, shout out to Arkansas. But hey, shout out to Arkansas. Great mute button, Jason, by the way. Way to sneeze into that crook of the elbow. (laughs) Just nailed it. Love to see it. Um, Shout out to Arkansas. Uh, yeah, side note, shout out to Arkansas. They won their first SEC game in like three years or something. Sunk Mike Leach's battleship. Yeah. And then talk to that noise on Twitter. I did see they, a graphic um, that was definitely uh, it was, not it was, spur of the it was moment. Type for uh, college football social teams. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell they've been they've been champing at the bit a little bit. They yeah, we, we should insane. probably take a detour here and talk about this because um, before we get to Oklahoma, Iowa State, but uh, – I guess are we just gonna do this thing? I saw a tweet about this, but are we gonna do this thing where like if if Mike Leach's team ever loses a game, we do the like all oh, the SEC's got him figured out. But if he wins like a big game like he did last week, it's like oh, the SEC's not ready for it. I mean, it's I, like these are these are this is what Mike Leach teams do. Right. I think like I he think is stubborn. I hope that that's not the case, but at the same time, I know it's that kind of fun though, and it kind of is gonna happen. Yeah, I just think it's um. Uh, it's it's indicative though of how like it, I think Mike Leach is like the only person that is still running like pure puro air raid undistilled uncut. straight straight uncut yes yeah straight Not out of the bag on <laughs> right um, and that game yesterday is how it falls apart Arkansas had one game plan the whole game they dropped eight guys into coverage and made timing routes living hell for. Uh, for Costello, and he just couldn't make throws. He threw like three picks yesterday. They were they had defensive ends dropping into coverage. Um, they just they just threw little wrenches in to like those little windows where you usually, you know, uh, I guess an air raid team subs out their run game by having quick passes into the flats or quick little angle routes and stuff like that. And the way you combat that is occasionally you just free drop a defensive end into a space and like hope that he can just get his hands up there and like knock one down or, or, or intercept the pass or something. something. And that happened. Yeah. And you know, that was what they did. And instead of being able to adjust and say, run the football, they probably don't have any running plays or haven't practiced them. And they just, they just refused to do that and continue to hammer away at this one thing they did. And it wasn't like they scored no points. It wasn't like they didn't have success during the game, but they lost to Arkansas mm-hmm. the week after beating LSU and putting up a zillion yards on LSU. Yeah. So, I mean, Arkansas kind of figured something out, took something away. LSU also, what were you guys doing? Playing freaking crazy press man the whole game and just letting Costello throw the ball over your corners. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, this is, uh, I mean, I don't know if this reflects worse on LSU or, or Mississippi state that they lost this game, but uh, regardless, yeah, I think the the perception question you asked earlier, Logan, how long are we going to do this thing? I think we're gonna that do maybe speaks to how little of the Pac-12 SEC football <laughs> fans and sure. media in general uh, consumed over the last five or six years. Because like you said, like we kind of know that this is the deal. This is the Mike Leach experience. 
you mm-hmm. you win some quirky games that are upsets and exciting and you lose some real bummers that you had no business losing in theory sure. because someone figured you out pretty early <laughs> um right but when when the sec i think if the sec population in general continues to like blow it out of the water each time it happens that's a good indication that they didn't pay a whole lot of attention to what happened yeah. before yeah, that's probably true. I just it more it was more just conversationally asking the question like, all right, well here we go. Let's uh, let's let's get on board the get your Mike Leach yeah. takes off. I mean, well, this is anytime, what you get. Anytime I get to point out how much more of a refined fan I am than the SEC in general, <laughs> I I will take that opportunity. Oh, I and believe me, I, I hear you, brother. My tastes are so much more cultured. <laughs> okay, as a as a purveyor of Pac-12 After Dark. Returning to a uh, returning to a screen near you soon. I think the way that these schedules are going to be lining up too is like you know we're going to be well through most of the the SEC like the main schedules right and right when the Pac-12 is kicking off it's going to be max weird in like mid November we've got like week two Pac-12 games there's going to be all kinds of Pac-12 at Thanksgiving which would be nice so they should just play two games they should play double headers on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Come on, don't be scared. Do it like a seven right. on seven tournament where you get four teams in the same stadium and you just play round robin real quick. There you go. I love, seven on seven, everyone knows, is the best way to demonstrate football skill. Right. All right. Last thing was Oklahoma at Iowa State in our sweet Oklahoma Sooners that we were so sure we're going to win this game. Did not. They lost the football game mm. um, to Iowa State. We, we Matt may Campbell. have statements to retract. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I mean, I was hot on this. Everyone on Sports Center was like, Iowa State. Yeah. What do you think? Upset potential? And I was just like, no way. There's no way. Way yeah. too much Iowa State upset potential. Oklahoma played poorly last game, and and you know, lost. And uh, and here they we are. Lose, they hadn't lost back-to-back games in what twenty-two years. Yeah, that's that's Something insane. Like that. That's crazy. So anyhow, Oklahoma sits here at zero and two in the uh, in, well, but zero and two in the conference, right? Oh, they play sure. the conference yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, one and two, zero and two in the conference. Yeah, I think they scored like a hundred thousand points their first game uh, against like some some poor directional Christian institution. Uh, it was probably a city in Texas and a and a sect of Christianity tacked together. Yes, Murray State. They won forty eight Oh, Murray State. Same idea. Missouri. Same idea. Shout out to John Morant. No, nope. yeah. Missouri, Missouri State, not Murray State. Oh, Missouri, no. Missouri State. Well, still Thank shout you. out to John Morant. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we don't need a reason yeah. to shout out John Morant. <laughs> forever, forever, shout out John Morant. But I wa- I caught this game, the condensed version today. Um, it just seemed like it was a pretty evenly matched football game. Um, uh, Rattler made some mistakes that you would maybe expect a freshman quarterback to make, specifically the interception that pretty much ended the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, Iowa State stood there right with him and kind of dealt with it. Oklahoma wasn't like r- just running, you know, wide open like they normally do, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, I know that's not like a that's not a, a smart breakdown of this game, but it was. <laughs> The fine. interception at the cool. end was tough. Um, there was a bit of a hold on the on the trailing DB that did not go called, and Lincoln was absolutely 
heated about it. Oh, he was mad. Yeah, that's right. It, I I'm sure I it had nothing to do with the fact that they they were staring one and two down the barrel, but <laughs> he was, and he was also livid about like two plays earlier how. Iowa State was either allowed to sub or allowed to get a timeout called when they were trying to go tempo. Um, okay. So he he was he was looking for a reason to yell and curse, which whomst among us hasn't been there before. But yeah, um, yeah, I think like someone I saw someone tweet because I didn't I didn't hardly watch any of this game until I flipped over after the UVA game was done, but. Um, I'm glad he's stuck with that to the better end. <laughs> look, I gotta, I gotta watch my boys. Gotta see how Brennan finishes it up. Um, I understand. I so I saw like the interception basically, but um, someone tweeted that Iowa State's offensive game plan seemed to be dare Oklahoma to tackle us in space because lol they cannot. <laughs> um, and I like because I I remember following through like looking on the ticker and seeing, Hey, Iowa state's scoring points at this pace to keep up with Oklahoma. That should be concerning. Sure. Um, It seems, seems like Oklahoma is still very much in need of some defensive fixing. And I, I don't know where they turn to for that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That, that has sort of been the problem with Oklahoma. I mean, the if if they have a problem, but I mean, oh well, what you gonna do? They seem like they have talent too. I don't know. Is it? It might. Maybe it's a scheme thing. Maybe it's not like Iowa State plays like a crazy exotic scheme. I mean, they. I think they're well coached, and uh, but they're they're like kind of a pro style modern offense. They're not doing anything too uh, too difficult. But uh, I did see someone with one of the worst takes I've ever seen on Twitter after this game say like, "Wow." Uh, Lincoln Riley can't get it done without a quarterback that's been developed by someone else. And I was like, okay, are we really doing? We're rushing to get this takeoff right right now. Like 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 Rattler hasn't been. I respect the cojones, honestly. Get get those Twitter fingers flying. Yeah, yeah. Like so, the the true freshman, or the true freshman, but the uh, the redshirt freshman that's like you know, by all accounts, balling outrageous is just. (laughs) Not good and and undevelopable and hasn't even had a chance to be developed by anyone else because he's been sitting on the bench in Oklahoma <laughs> watching Jalen Hurts. We have five Jalen Hurts who won the Heisman. Anyhow, it's just like it just seemed. I was like, boy, awfully premature with this horrific take. But hey, you know, you got to get out here in case you get a chance to retweet yourself in two years when Rattler throws an interception in the national championship game. <laughs> 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 so, like, ah, oh, yeah, I told you, told you. Yeah, can't been be on this for years. Throw a pick. Throw a pick. Only throw for only throw for five thousand yards this year and sixty-two touchdowns, but threw a pick once. So undevelopable. Can't be coached. Anyhow, all right. It was a fun weekend of college football. They all are these days. They all feel like a gift. I think it was better than expected, all things considered. I'll agree with that. We were pretty down on the week heading into it. That's a good point. Uh premature looking ahead. We got any juicy we got a couple juicy SEC matchups next week, I think. We got Clemson Miami. We got Clemson Miami. We got I know we got Florida's playing A and M. That's all right, maybe. Georgia, um, Tennessee. What is what is that? That is October ten. Yeah, Georgia, Tennessee will be your um, game on uh, a three thirty game. <sighs> I'm trying to see. All right, pretty about. Oh, Ole Miss, 
Alabama. That's gotcha. right. This is uh, week week two of the uh, this is Nick Saban trail of Galaxy Brain takes down the, Knicks, the evil empire. <laughs> the Nick Saban trail of tears. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. That'll be fun. I'll have to make sure I watch that game just to see like wh- how keyed what up Lane is, is before the game. I have not seen an announcement. It must be the. I'm guessing it's the night game on uh, ESPN. Of flex maybe. Because the three thirty, yeah, three thirty is uh, Georgia, Tennessee. If they make that, is it at Alabama? I think so. If they make that a nooner, I'm really liking Ole Miss. <laughs> it is. No, I think it's home. Ole Miss oh, is in Oxford. Oh. Oh, well, well, we will. Hey, Jimmy Butler, hell of a game. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, nuts. Shout out, shout out to Jimmy. Shout out to the NBA rigging it so that we can get more than four games for ad ad revenue. They rigged it so Jimmy Butler could score forty points. Just something yeah, never they got AD in foul trouble, bro. It's called defense, brother. Learn about it. LeBron won't guard him. He doesn't want him. LeBron's too busy swatting Tyler here. Into the third row seat. That's right. We let LeBron guard the five ten white guy, and yeah. not the guy who scored forty in the game. Why Got not? it. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find the schedule for next week, but I'm I'm getting coaxed into this silly conversation about, <laughs> LeBron, about Jimmy Butler. Why is this so difficult for me to look at? So when's game oh. four? Is that Wednesday? I thought it was Tuesday. I, there's like weird breaks in these oh, games. Oh, they might it go might Tuesday, be, yeah. Friday, Sunday, because they really they they need Sunday games. That's like their one yeah. constant. Yeah. Are we in week six already. Five. No, all right. No, well, we just finished five. I think according to the uh, the ESPN, this is week six coming yeah. up that we're heading into. Yeah, Alabama's at Ole Miss at six on ESPN. Ooh. And we got Miami at Clemson. Of course, that's a home game for Clemson. Of course. Uh, at 7.30 on ABC. But we got Florida State at Notre Dame on NBC at 7.30. So that ought to be a good one. Notre Dame. Feel bad Denver. for – feel. oh, we didn't get a chance to laugh at Florida State, but they did get a win. Um, they, had, they came from behind me against Jacksonville State. Twitter was on fire for a while there. Um, they did something. To deploy the single-wing offense. They brought their backup quarterback in and – Refused to let him pass, and they won. So good for them. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we can we can talk about it next week when the time is right. Oh, random. Texas at Oklahoma next week. <laughs> oh, that's right. They're playing at the state fair. That's not happening. And Virginia Tech at North Carolina. Oh, we got ourselves a week, boys. That's gonna be. And we got a little two lane action on a Thursday. Oh man, we are we're really going to be settling into some nice some nice traditional college football week vibes here you guys got anything else to say before we let the let, let the troops go uh, no mm-hmm. all good I just keep i keep um keep charging i mean uh closing oh. all my tabs here but you got anything else no i'll just bite my tongue about refs in general cheating the cheap refs yeah all right Thanks for joining us. This is the Wheel Route. You know what it is. You know what we're about. Uh, we're at the Wheel Route on Twitter. You can send emails to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. You can go to the website, thewheelroute.com, to see the pics and stream the show, more importantly. And you get it from your favorite podcast acquisition service. Go Gators.
Go Hoos. Hey, go Dukes.